0: With the recent conflict happening in the Middle East, right there in Israel and Gaza, many Christians are wondering all over the world, what does this have to do with us and what does it have to do with the Bible? And, in fact, does this, do the events that are taking place right now, does this point to the fact that we are ultimately right here at the very end?
1: The Good Fight Radio Show.
0: And with me today to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimel.
1: Praise the Lord, Chad. What an opportunity to uh, address our uh, Good Fight audience and many others that are jumping aboard. Because you'll be hearing a lot of things that you won't be hearing only in the news, but you won't be hearing in a lot of uh, other Christian formats.
0: No, I I think it's important too, and and specifically what we're talking about here with everything that is going on in Israel right now. And I'm sure plenty of you guys are aware of of what is going on. And a lot of people, even on our channel and other places, uh, I'm sure it would be more difficult if they are on here. But, of course, I'm already seeing comments proving that I am not wrong in this. Plenty of people might have different views as to what is going on in Israel. What does it have anything to do with us? This is just uh, something that just happens every once and so often. Israel is just a regular, you know, any old nation, and it doesn't really may have any bearing on biblical prophecy or anything like that. Mm. So it is good to be able to hopefully answer and address some of these things because they are sure. important. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they've seen what's going on there. And ultimately, um, we do believe without a doubt there's a spirit behind all of this. Absolutely, And, and, and there's something radically going on, um, and we do pray, and as we start the broadcast, before we started this, you know, one of the things we're praying about, we have been praying about, is not just those from Israel, not just those from um, from where Gaza is as well, but we want to see people come to Christ. We want people to see the ramifications of everything that's going on, and ultimately turn, and, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, and, you know, um, this is very personal to us too, not just because you know, we care about what the Bible says concerning Israel, but it's personalized because we have friends there. We have our missionary friends, Ted and Linda, who have been there.
1: They host host us every time we go out. They're amazing. We're praying for them.
0: Amen. And we love them. Uh, You know, they are some of the just most wonderful, supportive people. They love Good Fight Ministries. They love Blessed Oak Chapel. Uh, We love them dearly. And And Joe, we had a couple of dear friends of ours, guys that we've been discipling now. Nico and Trent. Nico and Trent, who were there in the IBEX program. uh, And uh, they actually had a rocket that landed at a mosque, um, which was 1.5 miles away from where they were staying. So that is pretty close. But praise God for those in leadership that acted quickly and got them out. And I literally... As you were just leaving with uh, lunch with your mom, I literally was just leaving from my house uh, where I got to see Nico and and um, just excited to see him, especially you know with everything going on. You're like, oh man! But there are a lot of people there, Joe, that they live there. They don't get to yeah, come absolutely. home. That is their home. Okay. So we definitely are praying for them. We hope you guys are praying for them as well. You know, regardless of what side you are on on all this. But Joe, before we even get onto some of this, something I found interesting, and I was speaking about this with. With Niko, while we were at my house, I noticed it's it's one thing uh, to have you know there's a lot of people that are supersessionists or you know people that believe in replacement theology and so forth and uh, that God's done with Israel and they, the church
1: replaced Israel exactly which completely is ridiculous done,
0: specifically with the land promises and, and so forth and and they may think that but something that I have seen turn uh, a radical turn uh, is the fact that. They are so quick, and I'm saying this with my own eyes anecdotally, looking through a lot of the tweets and so forth. Um, they are so quick now to push Hamas propaganda. Yeah. I mean, I was. You're talking was about professing
1: stunned. Christian leaders, right? Who become supersessionist replacement theologians. Yeah.
0: Professing Christian leaders. Yeah. And that's what broke my heart. It's one thing. If you disagree theologically, and we can have that debate, and I don't really think you have any leg to stand on, I'm just being honest with you. Unless the stars in the sky are not there, then then maybe, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'll I'll believe. We can have that discussion. But but the fact is, is when I see the propagation of Hamas-style propaganda, it is something that just hurts my heart so much. And what a horrible witness. I believe, according to Romans chapter 11, that one of the things when it comes to believers is that because we have a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that causes a jealousy, according to Romans chapter 11. That's right. And that jealousy is the very thing that brings them to come to know Christ. Mm -hmm. That the Gentiles are now the ones that are, guess what, getting all of those blessings as Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2 talks about and I, I know I could go on, and, 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 and Joe, I know you're going to have to go on on this, but it's something that has really hurt my heart, and I know you'd stay out of the Twitter sphere nonsense, and I sometimes wish I did too, but <laughs> sometimes I see this, Joe, and, you know, do you see, and before we even get into, does God have any plan for Israel anymore, or is this totally a loss, and, and, and so forth, but before we get even into that, the... The nature of, and and I love, I I don't love, I'm I'm being sarcastic and I shouldn't be, but it disgusts me that the nature of so many that throw, anytime someone says anything, oh, you're just claiming it's anti-Semitic. You're just claiming it's anti-Semitic and and so forth. But to see this, I would never, I never see it anywhere else where the atrocities that are actually taking place are minimized to such a degree from professing Christians and non-Christians Minimize to a point where you'd have to really hate someone uh, to come to that conclusion, or maybe there's a spirit pushing you towards this.
1: Yeah, and I think it's both, you know. Uh, I think some people are just following propaganda that they learned in university, uh, that the Jews have no right to the land. Uh, Even though Resolution 181 uh, in 1948, uh, prior to May 14th, 1948, the nations finally became sympathetic toward Israel. Uh, And because the Holocaust and because Hitler almost wiped them off the entire planet, that that resolution uh, was an agreement among the nations, uh, which the scriptures tell us, by the way, in the book of Isaiah, I think around chapter 49, that God would use the nations to bring Israel back into the land uh, and that uh, the Gentiles would put them on their shoulders to help them out, which is kind of interesting because I was able to play a small part in that, and we were on a ship receiving uh, in, the, in the port of Haifa uh, a bunch of Jewish uh, immigrants from Russia, coming to Russian Jews, uh, coming back to their homeland from the north. That's, I mean, it's crazy, because God said he scattered them everywhere, and then he would bring them back from all the nations, and they came back from 70 different nations, and I was able to greet some of them, and we put some of them on our shoulders, some of the little kids. We have pictures of that, and it just so happens with Ted Walker, I was on the ship with them. It was receiving tons of these Jewish folks, I read about the Messiah. I said, guess what? The scriptures not only said you would be brought back and they were just stunned that that was in the Bible. I said, but look what it says in Tanakh, the Old Testament for us, right? It says, the Gentiles bring you back on the shoulders. We put some of their kids on our shoulders and, and uh, they took pictures. It just so happens that Ted and Linda with their pro-life work, which they've had several offices and done such a great work there, uh, ran into them as they've grown up now and they are now following Christ, these kids that we had on our shoulders. And I we shared I shared Isaiah 53 with him and said, Jesus is our Messiah. I don't know if that had a part in that or not. But this is all part of God's prophetic plan. Uh, Chad, there has been more resolutions against Israel. Uh, and at times of Israel, they had uh, showed us that just, uh, that, you know, just the facts that just in uh, 2022, uh, there were 18 resolutions against Israel by the UN. 15 against every other nation. More against Israel than all the nations of the world. And that's, the Bible doesn't just say that God would bring him back into the land. And it says the nations of the world would become hostile to them, that Satan would provoke the nations to come against Israel. It's satanic at its core. People don't know why they have this inner hatred towards Satan. Well, a lot of atheists do. Towards, towards Israel. Not or, Satan. Toward, I'm sorry. <laughs> why Satan has a lot of antagonism uh, and why people do against uh, Israel. Uh, A lot of it's spiritual because atheists, of course, agnostics, they don't want Israel to exist because it's one of God's super signs that shows you that God's prophetic time clock is correct. But he didn't just say he'd bring them back into the land. He said their neighbors to the east would seek to destroy them. That's the Muslims. He says the entire world would come against them. And since 2015, shall I have it somewhere in my notes, there's been combined resolutions against Israel, almost double the combined resolutions of all the other almost 200 nations of the world in the UN. That shows you where it's going. And I'm encouraging people to watch what happens in the next few weeks because a lot of people are like, wow, a lot of people, even some of the liberals, you know, uh, and and even the White House, you know, they're standing with Israel. Uh, Give it a little bit of time, give it a few weeks because people are seeing the pictures, they're seeing, uh, you know, that 40 babies were, you know, brutally murdered uh, by Hamas. Many of them beheaded and so forth. How wicked and disgusting of a human being you have to be and raping women and so forth. These are not soldiers, these are terrorists, man. And, uh, you know, that's what terrorists do, folks. And it's just interesting. I said, you know, I've been telling people, wait a month or two. Because what's going to happen is then Israel has to respond. And how do they respond? They have to go over to Hamas. I can get, root out Hamas from, uh, from you know, you know, from the uh, Gaza Strip and so forth. And as that happens, there's going to be a lot of destruction. And then what people are going to be seeing are all these pictures and so forth of of civilians that, that got involved or were in the mix or were not involved. And then the world is going, because does this play prophetically? Absolutely. The Bible says, Jesus said there'd be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. That's certainly happening. Earthquakes in diverse places, that's been happening. Uh, signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. We're having an eclipse over our our state, uh, coming up most of our country, uh, coming up in the next few days or so. All kinds of strange things going on. Uh, prophetically false Christs and false prophets like never before with the rise of the occult and the new age movement. So as we're seeing all this stuff go down, it's important to keep our eyes on the fact that there is a spiritual war. In fact, Satan has sought to uh, destroy Israel from the beginning. You have to look at, and this isn't being covered, obviously, in mainstream media, but oftentimes not even in Christian uh, circles, they're, they're missing that. They're in a spiritual war. Remember, when God brought forth his son, that was a result of prophecies And it was also a result of a spiritual war whereby Satan would try to stop that. Because as far back as Genesis 3, the Lord talked about prophetically, you see this incredible prophecy, you know, the Proto-Evangelium where uh, the first mention of the gospel, you know, uh, and that the seed of the serpent would, would seek to destroy the seed of the woman and he would bruise his heel. You know, Jesus' heel was literally bruised, you know, but also metaphorically, spiritually speaking. And at the same time, uh, the 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 seed of the woman, which would be the Messiah, uh, he would bruise the, or crush the head of the serpent. So since the very beginning, Satan knew that the Savior was coming through not just through the woman's lineage, uh, but also through Israel, because of Abraham, because of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you know Jesse, David, all the way until now. So what Satan tried to do from the very beginning was corrupt the human race. Uh, That's why he tried to corrupt the race with the sons of God and the daughters of men. Uh, That's why God preserved Noah. Uh, He tried to destroy the human race. Then he tried to destroy Israel because uh, when you read in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 19, God said he promised prophetically the land of Israel. And it's way beyond what you're looking at right now on the map, uh, on a map of Israel today uh, that, you know, that through Abraham's descendants, the, the seed would come, Jesus would come, and through him, all the nations of the world would be blessed. See, Israel was used as as a uh, basically God's vessel to bring forth his Messiah, and in doing so, he would also bless uh, that remnant who who loved God and have a plan for the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, according to the flesh, those who'd eventually come to Messiah. But since that time, Chad, I mean, you can check it out, man. Pharaoh. Try to destroy Israel, Try to kill all the Jewish boys. Uh, then after that, he tried their backs with the Red Sea, tried to destroy them then. Uh, Haman in Esther, you can just read chapter three, right? Uh, you'll see that Haman tried to destroy all the Jewish people. Uh, you'll see over and over again, uh, the Grecian, Syrian-Grecian uh, empire, they tried to Hellenize you know, the Jews and just kind of basically get them to deny their faith and become pagans, which the enemy has done over and over again. Balaam uh, was hired by Balak, you know, and the Moabites ended up getting used. He tried to curse Israel over and over and over again. Satan tried to curse Israel. And Jesus says that, you know, Balaam, since he wasn't able to do that, Balak hired him uh, to come up with another scheme. And Balaam basically had the men seduced from the camp of Israel to go worship the Moabite gods as he sent his uh, the women of the Moabites over there to kind of bat their eyelashes and seduce the men come into their camp and then they whipped out their idols and said become idolaters so you see this plan in the very get-go chat of satan trying to destroy god's people because it was through the abraham seed and the seed of david specifically after that that the messiah would come and we see right when jesus is, is born you know what happens herod seeks to destroy jesus we that was satanic see people don't realize it's all satanic because when you go to zechariah 12 i'm sorry revelation chapter 12 yeah. The woman gives birth to, that's Israel, 12 stars, sun and the moon, it's a picture of Israel in Genesis chapter 47 through 50. Uh, The seed of the woman, uh, you know, Satan goes after the seed of the woman, goes after the Messiah uh, and uh, to kill him after Jesus comes to the earth. And he's unable to, and God catches him up to heaven, that's after the resurrection, of course. But then who does he go after, Chad? He goes after the woman who gave birth to the Messiah. That's Israel. And that's that, 12, that 1260 days, that last three and a half years of history, which we call Jacob's trouble, a uh, time when uh, Jacob, which whose name was changed Israel, uh, the tribulation period. So all this, if you have a prophetic mentality, and I know I'm spitting out a whole lot of scriptures, you might want to just go back and slow me down a little bit or just... Listen a couple times because we're going to cover a lot of other scriptures as well. I can't wait to get in this Sunday morning. In fact, we are at Blessed Hope Chapel. We're just in the offices up above where we meet, you know, (laughs) and we'll get into it. We'll have a a deep dive and I'll slow down a little bit. But Chad, I want to cover a lot of ground. and want to answer questions as well. But Chad, he goes after the woman and then he can't get the woman. God protects her for 42 months out in the wilderness, you know, where she has another exodus out from Jerusalem, right? Then what happens? Revelation 17, the 10 nations give their power to the beast the antichrist to make war against the lamb to fight against christ they're, they're trying to stop his first coming they couldn't stop it now they can try to derail his second coming which a lot of occultists like l Ron hubbard you know for ot you know we've got to derail the second coming of christ he said you know that's what they're going to try to do and then revelation 19 christ comes with his with his, the armies of heaven on his white horse and across him is the banner you know the word of god and out from his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword with which he destroys uh, the antichrist and the Antichrist, the, the beast, the false prophet, the throne alive into the lake of fire and the armies of the Antichrist are destroyed. And I love 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says he'll destroy the Antichrist with the spirit of his mouth, you know, uh, and the brightness of his coming or the breath of his mouth, the word pneuma, the spirit of his mouth, the brightness. You know, he's just going to go like this. He doesn't have to, Jesus is not going to be in this war where it's just, oh man, I'm barely going to make it and barely going to whip the Antichrist. No, it's from the breath of his mouth. He's just going to go, just, man, wiped out. If you're not following Jesus, man, you're on the wrong side, man. You better turn to him now because the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord on earth and in heaven and under the earth as well. So I in- encourage you, man, to bow to him now so you can bow to him in this heavenly kingdom forever and not in hell.
0: No, amen. I think this is so important for us to kind of get into, you know. And, and as I said, we even have uh, a number of people who identify as black Hebrew Israelites, which is another very anti-Semitic group. Is a sad thing. Um, to, to see you know that people get caught up in this ideology, and I'm going to be leaving a link um in the in the chat here for them because it's just another thing. It, it, you know, there there were uh, a British also identity cult that existed as well that's not as popular, but now you have uh, the Black Hebrew Israelites and some of the biggest anti-Semitic uh, terms of attacks actually happen in New York because of these groups and so forth. And you know, it, it is a sad thing because we're seeing. Um, you know, the spirit behind all of this because one of the things, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but a rally that happened in New York City, by the way, uh, at yeah. that rally there was actually someone who was holding up and and in fact holding up a swastika mm-hmm. which, you know, to be honest with you, it shows yeah. you exactly where this is all coming. Yeah, from Yeah, it's holding
1: up on their phone, glorying in what happened not by the Nazis, right?
0: And And not only that, Joe. Not only that, but there was also a rally in Australia, and we're going to mm-hmm. let you guys see this yeah. to see what they're saying, to see that it is the same spirit yeah. over and yeah, over again. You guys got to got to hear. You can hear them saying it, and also read it if you guys are watching. But we'll also let you know what it's saying right after this. Lauren's Mortunde, Lauren's
1: uh,
0: and if you guys can't hear what they're saying, they're saying "gas the Jews." Mm-hmm. There
1: and um, and the F word with the Jews as well. Right? Yeah,
0: I'm not gonna to get too much into that, but. It is it is a sad thing to see that sort of thing happening, to see the spirit behind all of this, yeah. and you see it going on. Um, sadly enough, you know, like I said, seeing it on social media and so forth, seeing some of the propaganda, and then that being, you know, passed around. You know, one of the most ridiculous ones that I've seen. Um, there was very early on, uh, and I'm going to be honest. The first thing I saw was when I was still in Texas, about to get on a, a plane, and I saw. A IDF soldier being pulled out of a tank, yeah. uh, lifeless, and then being spit on, kicked, and and so forth. And then saw a couple of other things that were like, oh man, you know, I flew home by myself, which I don't do very often. And I was like, man, this one's really hard to. These things are really, really hard to watch. And you're seeing this stuff go on. But then I saw um, what many people have said is this young German girl who, well, her body was completely twisted up, her head bashed in. She's unconscious. And then when people said, look, this is somebody who had passed away in this. And now her mother has come out and said, no, she's not dead yet. She's not dead. Hmm. Um, Because Hamas said that. And we don't know, but I looked at somebody that looked as lifeless as anything I've ever seen. Legs mangled. At the very best, they were shouting Allahu Akbar over her head while she lay unconscious, bleeding out of her head and her her legs mangled. And Muslim apologists online talking about why why would anyone care about this prostitute no joke and yeah. with over 3200 likes on an image or on a tweet or an X or whatever you call them um, of a Muslim apologist a very popular one online talking about why would anyone care about this prostitute and it just it honestly broke my heart and to see this honestly the willful ignorance of people some with some of which were Christians, uh, somebody online saying, See, you guys just fall into all the propaganda. You are saying at best that this woman was bloodied, bludgeoned, and they were screaming Allahu Akbar, but we're just following, you know, media, whatever it's saying. And it is so sad because, you know, you see this going on and you recognize how quick, how an easy it is for people to be manipulated, to yeah. believe whatever you they have want
1: to Joseph believe. Goebbels, I mean, the propaganda minister. Yeah of uh, of Nazi Germany I mean he is uh adept at you know spinning the propaganda but this this war has already been it has been just waged in, the, in on the land and the air and the sea which is remarkable for Hamas but keep in mind that Hamas is Iranian uh, Iranian subsidiary it's uh, iran trained and everything else and they vowed to wipe Israel off the face of the map. That's from their own, you know, leaders, their own ayatollahs, and so forth. Uh, that's not propaganda. That's reality. In fact, many Muslims feel that same way in many of the Muslim nations. And and uh, but keep in mind their war. When this they've been planning this for some time. It's 50 year anniversary, right of the 73 war and so forth, the Yom Kippur war and so forth. So it's interesting. They've been planning this, but they're not just planning the assault of just doing these wicked things. They knew that hey, we're not going to be able to take. Israel at this point, but what the, it's all about was let's push the propaganda. that's the propaganda is going to switch over pretty quick. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm I'm figuring give it you know a few months, and you're going to see more and more images come out, and that's pretty much you'll, you'll people forget all about what happened, what precipitated Israel having to defend itself, so they don't end up getting wiped out. Keep in mind they're getting hit from uh, Lebanon, from Syria, uh, they're getting hit from, uh, of course, uh, the Gaza Strip with missiles. Uh, keep in mind, when Israel gained its independence in May 14th of 1948, uh, war was declared with them immediately. Boom, before you do it, they're in a war, you know, with uh, Jordan and, and Egypt, and a few Arabic nations and other Arabic nations would join later. So the same thing has happened again. How does this, what does this, you know, have to do with prophecy? Everything. Because we have to keep in mind, from a prophetic vantage point, when the temple isn't rebuilt, the Antichrist is not ready to sit in the temple yet, the mark of the beast isn't being issued yet, but all that's forthcoming. But these are birth pains that lead up to it, where, where we see the ball getting pushed forward in the propaganda war, where there'll be more and more anti-Semitism, because the whole wokest philosophy being promoted, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, in Chicago was totally you know ripping on israel and supporting palestine and uh the palestinians and allowing you know they even showed a a sketch of like a, a you know a paraglider you know with bombs or what have you i don't think i don't know if they had bombs or not but just one of the terrorists that was coming over and they're celebrating this guys so you're gonna have a bunch of the woke people you know it's funny because yeah my mom and my sister peggy came out from idaho and a lot of my family's out right now and i sat with them had lunch And my mom you know she's like joe you know she's such a dear lady she's like joe she goes uh and mom, hello, if you're watching. You said, hey, are you on live today? I said, yes. I'm trying to watch for my phone. Uh, she goes, I can't believe people could see that these, you know, the, all these babies were just killed, you know, the ones that were beheaded and everything. And she said, and that people could still support, you know, Hamas, or they could still not see what's going on, not want to stand up against that. And you know what she said? And it was pre- pretty good insight. She goes, but then again, it's not unlike what is happening, and she meant by the millions with people killing babies all the, all the time, not only around the world, but in the country. I said, that's right, Mom. They the, the world's calloused toward the most innocent people. So you can see why liberals are already fine, many of the liberals, not all of them, but many of them are fine with butchering babies. So what's, what's another 40 babies and some of them beheaded? Because after all, babies really don't matter in our culture of death.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's something that's really interesting to me, you know, when we see all this. And... You know, just looking at the history of Israel and, you know, we did a talk last night because I knew you were going to be doing one Sunday and I thought maybe I'll do a kind of a preamble for our youth group. So last night we have a couple of kids in our youth group that come from Jewish households and I wanted to kind of go over some of the history and stuff. And I said, you know, it's really interesting that just when you look at the history of Israel, whether it is being enslaved. Right in in Egypt before, obviously having God guiding them out. Uh, whether it was Jeremiah, people love Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Right for the Lord, He has plans for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. People love quoting that, but they don't realize that that was right next to right next to what was being prophesied, which was the seventy year Babylonian yeah, captivity right. that was going to take place. Okay, and I know it's graphic. But think about this in one of the what what we call the imprecatory psalms, uh, a psalm of judgment against uh, believed to be Babylon, who was performing these acts. They were kind of writing about what was happening to them and how it was going to happen to them as well. And one of the things that it brings out was the fact that they were bashing the children's heads on rocks. And you think about all of that going on. And yet God said, I still have a plan for you. And then you think about the horrible reality of the Holocaust that happened. And God saying, I still have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's exactly what his word has said over and over again to Israel. And by the way, in Romans 11, when talking about these promises being irrevocable, when talking about Israel itself, it doesn't say, oh, it's because, and I see this on the comment, maybe that's why I get frustrated. It's because I see people saying things like this. Oh, well, if they were just, if they were part of the church, therefore they're part of the covenant. And so forth. Guys, Paul says in light of that in Romans 11 that they are enemies of the gospel. They're enemies of the gospel, and yet God still Amen. has promised them this land, Joe. And also, the same promise in Romans 11 is a promise of the end, the fountain of cleansing that is opened up. The deliverer comes from Zion. All of the things talked about in Zechariah 12. 13, 14, all the things talked about Isaiah 53, the prophecy that was the near fulfillment in Jesus fulfilling the fact that he was pierced for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, but the far fulfillment of the Jews actually seeing that. We thought he was smitten, stricken of God. And then guess what? At the end, the fountain of cleansing is opened up. And as Paul said, all of Israel is saved. They're not saved right now. And it's not, it's not dual covenant theology like John Hagee. They're not saved right now, Amen. but in the end, they will be. And Joe, one of the things that's really important is for people to understand. Joe, and, and you've pointed this out, they come back to the land not in belief, but unbelief.
1: Yeah, that's right. Some will say, well, yeah, when Israel's actually restored, you know, they'll, you know, Uh, It's when they come to faith, then they'll be restored. And there'll be people that'll be brought back in the land of Israel after they've come to faith. But if you go ahead and just look at Ezekiel 34, 35, specifically 36, he brings them into the land first in a state of unbelief. And then he says, uh, he pours the spirit upon them and they come to faith. So this is exactly what the Lord says. In fact, it's it's important to understand what Chad had just said there in regard to, because earlier in this episode, uh, Chad had mentioned that, God wants to provoke the Jews who are un- un- unbelief to faith through the faith of the Gentiles. It's in that chapter where He says they're enemies of the gospel at this point. So He's definitely contrasting Israel with the Church, and it's important because when you get to verses, you know, the following verses, you know, 15 through. Uh, 24, 25, 26, and 27. Uh he there goes on to, to contrast Israel with the church and that the branches were broken off, but he said they could be grafted back in again. It's in that context that he said, All Israel shall be saved. And when all Israel's saved, then the deliverer will come from Zion. And uh it's 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 so clear, it's so clear. Uh and I I warn people who just say, Oh, God's all done with Israel. Is there something going on in your heart, man? Look at your heart, because that's not what Romans eleven says. It says he's not done. In fact, Jesus, when he's been rejected by them in Luke 17, it says Jesus wept and he was concerned because he said, if you would have known what it would have brought you peace if they had accepted their Messiah. But now he says, there's gonna be wrath upon this people. And he says, even your children will be destroyed. I mean, ooh, man, it, that's happened in 70 AD, happened in 135 as well. Uh, when there were the, the Romans distro- the Romans tried to destroy him twice, by the way, as well, when I was going through that litany of different ways Satan tried to destroy them. But God was also disciplining them And uh, it's just fascinating to me when you look at the prophetic picture there that he's not done because Jesus, when he says, your house will be left to you desolate, but you know what he says? He says, and you won't see me again. He doesn't stop there. He doesn't say explanation point like it's all over for you. He says, you won't see me again until you cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's what Jacob's trouble is about. That's what the tribulation is about. That's, that allows Israel to see that they can't depend on the United Nations. They can't depend even on the United States ultimately because all the nations, Eventually, including yeah. this country, will come against them at Armageddon. But guess what? They can ha- they're going to have to cry out to the one true God, and they'll cry out to Yahweh. It's in that context where you read in Zechariah chapter 12, the scriptures that Chad was just referencing where it says Jerusalem will be like a burdensome stone, you know, a pot of trembling for the nations around it. And whoever tries to touch it will be severely, you know, injured. And that's what's going on right now because God has built up Israel to be, be this, this, this world global Power to protect it, but there'll come a point when they realize, ah we don't have the back. No nations have our back anymore. Because guess what? The woke uh, win over here when it comes to. Unfortunately, that's a prophecy. All the nations will come against Israel, and all the nations it says will come against Christ at its second coming. I would love to say, oh yeah, everybody but the United States. You know, our nation is going to be just fearing God and loving them. No, that's not how it happens in the end. Man, our allegiance yeah. is first and foremost to Jesus Christ. We are citizens of heaven first, and we fight for this country to know the Lord and to be upstanding, God fearing citizens. But we're but guess what? They're going the other direction. So when you look at the prophecies, uh, when Israel goes hits its knees and they crowd to God, then it says in Zechariah twelve in the Old Testament. I love to show Jews this passage. I showed my wife's Jewish doctor when she was having her baby with the Studying Orthodox schools and everything. I said, Hey, look, it says right here in the Old Testament that you're going to see the one that you pierced. He says it doesn't say that anywhere. I opened Zechariah 12. And I said, Look, it says you'll see the one that you pierced and you will mourn. The 12 tribes will mourn. And then that fountain of cleansing, chapter 13, verse 1 at that point, other ones, chapter 12, verse 8 through 10, will be open to you for cleansing. But you have to turn to the Messiah to be saved. So God has a prophetic plan that's important that we understand that we get and this is exactly what we've been talking about for many 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 years in fact we've talked about it being a a more of a muslim thing than actually a european thing against the jews
0: hey man and i wanted to make a comment before we even get into any sort of q a here um and i still want to bring up some other stuff so we may not it may take a little bit but i i've already put on there just so you know i've put on there uh, if you're going to write a question, put question in all caps. But uh, before we get into questions, I want to answer something that is is posted a lot. And I think a lot of it has to do just simply with ignorance. And if you just read the text in isolation, you might, or the two texts actually in question, um, you might get a little confused. And that comes from Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9. Because in Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9, it mentions the synagogue of of Satan, those who claim to be Jews but are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. And someone, uh, multiple people have posted this. This is a huge um, diatribe used by black Hebrew Israelites that think that there's a spiritual Israelism that they get by um, occurring and actually getting some of the curses from Deuteronomy chapter 28, which really makes no sense. But nonetheless, when we look at it, in Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9, both of those were actually a inter-Jewish diatribe and insult. It was something that was related one another from Jewish person to Jewish person from people who were not actually following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when it's used in Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9, it's specifically used in those churches to describe those who were cutting off and not allowing, and in fact, leading to the deaths of many of their own family members, actually, cutting them off and persecuting. And so they thought they were doing it as a service to God, but ultimately what they were doing was not being Jews, but a synagogue of Satan, turning over what looks like even their own family members, shutting doors and and so forth, and not allowing them and causing them to be persecuted. So I think it's really important for us to understand the context of those verses so we don't just say, oh, look, Anyone who says they are Jew, only a Jew. Which, by the way, go read through Paul. Go read through the book of Acts. They talk about Jews not in light of those who are saved, but talk about Jews in light of those who are not saved. So you can't just apply that to every single person who doesn't believe in the Messiah. Otherwise, Paul would use uh, descriptions of people that are not saved with language of somebody that is saved, and that doesn't happen in the New Testament. I wanted to point that point that out before I get to anything regarding um, something else I wanted to bring up. Because, Joe, we want to deal with prophecy here. And we want to deal with what what people believe prophetically. And when it comes to a lot of the prophecy experts and so forth, especially when we get to Revelation 13, a lot of the prophecy experts for years... Have said, look to Europe, right? Europe is where we need to look when it comes to all of these things that Ten are going nation on. Confederacy and the, everything. The Ten Nation yeah. Confederacy for the Antichrist. But Joe, I, I hate to say forty years because that makes you older. And, and I'm people, older now; I just turned sixty. <laughs> but uh, guilty as charged. But for for forty years, Joe, uh, you've been hammering this fact that that's not what it looks like when we look at the Book of Daniel. When we look at what the book of revelation actually says and 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 who this is actually going to be this looks much much more like the islamic side of that there might be something there actually which makes a lot of sense when you think about ishmael and the fact that even Muslims to this day, and we love Muslims. We want to share the gospel with them. We've made entire videos, entire tracks. We go out in the streets, we share the the gospel. I go to Ramadan dinners uh, to share the gospel with Muslims. We love them. But when we look at this, it does look like they meet a lot of the requirements of the Antichrist and ultimately the whole entire system.
1: Yeah, it's really, really crazy when you think about it, Chad, because uh, the God of the Bible is a God of prophecy. And if if you are a Muslim or whoever you are, you're skeptic and atheist and agnostic watching this, I want to challenge you. You want positive, radical evidence that the Bible is the Word of God? And I was a skeptic of skeptics. I wrote against God and His Word and everything uh, before I was a Christian. Uh, and then, man, God hit me uh, upside the head with a spiritual two-by-four, man, and knocked some spiritual sense into me. Uh, and what, one of the things that got my attention when I, when I wanted to know who the one true God was is the God of the Bible was so clear. Only was Not only was I antagonistic toward that God only, and I realized, man, I was under the spirit of Antichrist, but then when I began to open that book and I realized, man, this God right here says I can actually test to see if he's the one true God. Because he's coming against all these demon gods, all these, all these idolaters and everything else. And he says in Isaiah, and he says they can't even prophesy the future accurately. He says, you gotta carry your God, your, 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 you know statues and everything else. And Isaiah 47, toward the end there, he says, go to your astrologers. They can't even deliver themselves from the fire of judgment that's to come. But you know what he says about himself in chapter 46, verse 10? He says, I declare the end from the beginning. I mean, you can tell who he is because he prophesies what's going to happen in the future. And from ancient times, they declare what is to come. And I will do everything that I please. I thought, "Mm, this God right here, man, that inspired this book, he says, he talks about the future. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 7, he holds up his trophy, his prophetic picture of his ancient people, his ancient nation, Israel. And he says, look, can you tell what's going to happen to them in the future? (laughs) The world can't. Even Nostradamus, man, he he got so many of his quatrains that just fell on their face and he warned his own son not to follow in his footsteps because he would inherit eternal perdition, damnation, because he knows he was on the wrong side. But guess what? The Bible, the, 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 the God of the Bible said that this nation, Israel, would reject their Messiah, Isaiah 53, and they did. And as a result of that, their temple would be destroyed. They'd be dispersed throughout all the nations, even as they had before. Jesus said not one... Stone would be standing on the temple. They'd be, you know, dispersed throughout all the different nations. And Isaiah 11:11 11, 11 says that he'd bring them back a second time from all these different nations. And and it's really amazing because there's all these prophecies. When it says he'd bring them back through the nations, we, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, we put some of these kids on our shoulders, man, because that's exactly what it says they would do. And it's metaphorical for them bringing back uh, hundreds of thousands of Jews have been brought back by the nations. Uh, And it's just amazing because you can step back and you say, wow, God says what's going to happen with Israel proves that he is Lord. Because there's a really interesting prophecy. Because Israel became a nation in a day, man. It's never happened before like that. I mean, May Fourteenth, 1948, they became a nation where they were born in a day. You know what God's word says in chapter 66, verse 8? It's a powerful passage. You know, it it says, you know, uh, you know, who would have ever believed it or, uh, you know, uh, who would have ever imagined it? Or it depends on the kind of translation you use. But basically, he says, you know, who would ever thought such a strange thing could happen? I think that would be the NLT. Uh, And who has ever heard of such a thing that a nation would be born in a day, that a country would come forth in a mere moment. It never happened before. And then boom, it happened. And it happened like it's never happened since either, which as I mentioned earlier, uh, Jews from 70 different nations all over the place Came back. I mean, I've taken pictures and hung out with Jews from Ethiopia who are who are blacker, you know, than than most of the black folks you'd see here here because they're right there from Ethiopia and they're 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 Jewish soldiers. I I'll stand with them, take pictures with them, and their Jews have 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 their heritage from Israel and were mixed with those who were dispersed from Israel who come back to the land and who are part of the nation of Israel to this day. And it says he'd bring them back and from Cush or Ethiopia and all these different places. And what blows me away is this exactly what God said would happen you ever doubt your faith you ever doubt the word of God just look at what he said with Israel and then he said that she all the nations become hostile toward her whatever what are the nation on earth man do you see everybody being I see people being more hostile toward Israel right now from responding to having their kids heads cut off and stuff like that than they are toward Russia right And Russia's gone in and just wreaked havoc, man, taking big old, you know, taking chambers with them to torture people and everything into Ukraine and everything else. And that's a whole other thing because I I understand both sides of that equation. But my point is, is that this is a hostility that's prophesied. And if you have an antagonism toward the nation of Israel and you're anti-Semitic and you want to see Jews destroyed, you have a hatred... Ooh, man, I am I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, reach that person, man, before they stand before you in judgment. Because the Bible says when you touch Israel, you touch the apple of God's eye. You ever poke someone in the eye, man? It's painful. You don't poke God in the eye. You say, well, a lot of these guys aren't believers. Guess what? Joseph's brothers, when he, they rejected him, his brothers, his, he had 12 brothers, right? Uh, before Benjamin was born, he, he he was part of the 12. There's 13 brothers, 13 in all, but 12 other brothers. Those 12 brothers, including himself, made up the 12 tribes of Israel. Those brothers that rejected him and sold him into the Gentiles, that's a picture of the Jews who gave Jesus over to the Roman Gentiles, right? They're a picture of the Jews who rejected the Messiah. But did he have a heart of wickedness toward them and unforgiveness, or did he want to forgive them? No, they saw him later, the one they pierced, And Joseph began to weep when he saw them. When everybody, the Jews see Jesus whom they wept, is a picture of that. It says they'll weep when they see the Messiah. They see the one that they pierced. They'll be mourning in their repentance. This is all a prophetic picture. So when you go and say, oh, all these Jews that rejected Jesus, they're the synagogue of Satan, man. God's done with them. Uh, Well, guess what? You'd be saying that about Joseph's brethren. He wasn't done with them. He had a plan for them, right? Amen, he had a beautiful plan. And guess what? God continues to have a beautiful plan. Just read Revelation chapter 12 because the imagery, Chad, that's used in the book of Genesis that is so profound where Joseph's brothers are depicted as twelve stars, and then the sun and the moon is mom and dad, and they all bow down to him. It's a picture of the mm-hmm. those of the tribes of Israel, their descendants, bowing down to Jesus. And then when you get to Revelation chapter 12, the sign in the heavens is the sun and the moon and the 12 stars. That's Israel, folks. You can't can't deny it. You just go back to Genesis chapter 50. That's Israel. It's through the woman, she's called the woman, that the Messiah comes forth. And it's that same woman as you move down through Revelation 12 that Satan tries to persecute during the tribulation period. Checkmate, man. You can't get around it. God still has a plan for Israel. Not just, it's super clear we already went through Romans chapter 11, but it's also there in Revelation chapter 12. I encourage you, man, if you're a replacement theologian, if you're into a, a supersessionism, you're like, no, God's all done with us, you're ignoring. Jesus said, You'll, you won't see, see me again until you say, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the deliverer will come out of Zion to deliver Jacob, Revelation 11. You're missing the big picture. Do not let, you know, false theology, don't let your own identity of you know, who you want to be, make you, you know, allow you to be deceived by Satan with regard to God's overall plan.
0: That's right. Baruch, Abba, Hashem, Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. I love that because it's an until. Uh, yeah. That's what he said. There's the three untils. There's a couple in Luke and Acts as well that deal with the same thing. And Amen. If you guys, just as an encouragement, uh, you know, if you guys check out Acts chapter 1 alongside Zechariah, and you see a lot of times in the Old Testament, you see so many times a day of the Lord, right? This is the day of the Lord. In Zechariah 14, it's a day of For the Lord, and he steps his feet on the Mount of Olives. The same Mount of Olives that, by the way, is where Jesus was when he was weeping over Jerusalem and said that they will not until they say Baruch Abba Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then also when you look at him stepping on his his feet on the Mount of Olives, remember it was the angels who came to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 and said after he left that he will return in like manner. It's just so cool because... Guys, when you see this, these are the historical accounts of what took place. That are promises of prophecy that happened, and they they fulfill portions of it. But there's ultimate fulfillment that will happen in the end, and it's beautiful. I think it's awesome. And Joe, uh, I've had a couple of people ask, and I put a link in the in the um, in the chat, and I'll do it again from our blessed hope chapel. Uh, see me, so you can get we can get a lot. We're gonna get a lot deeper. Um, we usually try to do thirty minutes here, but we went forty five. Um, Chad,
1: I'm on like uh, I've got several pages here. I haven't cracked page. Done with page one. Yeah, yet. you haven't moved. I've really at my yeah, notes much no. at all, but uh, no. a lot of this will be Sunday.
0: A lot of it will be Sunday, and and I want to encourage you guys uh, because it is so important that you guys check this stuff out. It's important to examine it with scripture, test us with scripture, and that's the most important thing. Don't let people take text isolated and try to apply some form of logic that's not actually found in the scriptures, and then we can be led astray uh no misty it's not a false gospel i'm sorry uh to say these things uh we do not believe in dual covenant theology that jews are saved some other way ephesians 1 and 2 the beautiful verse in ephesians 2 8 and 9 that says we are saved by grace through faith it's a gift of god not by works lest any man should boast that text is in the context of explaining that we now get to inherit the blessings of israel and guess what it is by grace through faith. The same way a Jew is saved, the same way that I am saved. But in the end, when the Deliverer comes from Zion, we will see people uh, come to faith. I'm sorry, Chad, right what was there. you calling a false gospel? I'm not po- totally positive, but you I'm might just might want to try guessing. to spell that
1: out, Misty, so we can address that. And really quickly, because I really didn't hit it very, very well since we're uh, talking about this prophetic picture. Uh, and something that Chad said I've been teaching almost 40 years is, and back in those days, man, you had Hal Lindsey and everybody else. Uh, in Tim LaHaye after that, all, most of these guys were saying it's a 10 nation confederacy out of Europe and the United Europe, and then the Antichrist will raise, rise with them. But I would look at the scripture, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because uh, when you look at the scripture, you see in Revelation chapter 13, the beast is described as having the head of a lion and having the body of a leopard and the feet of a bear. And man, if you know the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel, I've talked through the book of Revelation twice in depth. Uh, when you go through the book of Daniel, you'll see that the, 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 the lion's head, that represents Babylon. That repre- represents uh, what is now Iraq. And when you see the bear, uh, that represents Iran, uh, ancient Persia. Uh, in fact, uh, it was the Persians, you know, uh, where Haman tried to destroy all the Jews and so forth. And uh, these empires, where you see this beast that that Daniel has a vision of this beast, right? And you know, and, and you see the, the, the head, of, you see the lion, and you see the leopard, and you see the bear. And the leopard was the Grecian Syrian Empire. So when you go to Revelation 13, you see that you've got Babylon in play, the the the, the lion head. You've got the bear. You've got Persian play that's Iraq and then that's Iran Iran is ancient you know Persia and then guess what the leopard you've got the Grecian Syrian Empire you know for sure you've got Syria okay because it was out of Syria that Antiochus Epiphanes who was a type of the Antichrist went in and blasphemed the God of Israel when he went to the temple and abominated it as a picture of the coming future Antichrist so it's interesting when you look at Syria and you look at uh, you look at not only Syria but you look at Iran and Iraq those are all in play in Revelation chapter 13 guess what it guess who Hamas is connected to those nations right there when you look at Iran keep in mind Hamas is subsidiary of Iran it's their basic their their terrorist group over in the Gaza Strip they train so many of those soldiers and so forth forth and arm them okay you've got Hamas connected to Iran which is the what that's the bear you've got guess who's taken over much of Iraq now and they said they would fire if they needed to missiles on Israel from Iraq that's Iraq, Iran, Iran's now in, once we left Iraq, guess who t- took it over? Um, mostly Iran, they've got a lot of their power there, and guess who they're radically connected to? Syria, okay, and Syria, there's missiles coming from Syria as well, and guess who is connected to those three nations? Putin and the Russians, those are their allies. In fact, uh, from news reports that I've seen that uh, they've put some really radical missiles in Syria, the Russians have even some of their Satan missiles, allegedly. We don't know. We'll see those would be some nukes. Okay, If those start going off, man, then the Samson Project goes into effect and Israel nukes all their enemies. Uh, and that's because they're going to get their enemies one way or another to deter any of these guys from attacking them. So it's interesting when you look at Gog and Magog and you look at the, the, the Antichrist coming from then. Now, now in Europe's in play, but now we're talking about Eastern Europe. It looks like because directly north and it says Gog, Magog from the north. Uh, Will come from the north, directly north of Israel. If you get on a map and draw it, it brings you right to Russia and the allies. When you look at the allies of Gog and Magog, and you look at the nations that are mentioned there, guess what? You got Persian play again, and you got all these nations that are Muslim nations right now. So I think this is very, very fascinating when you look at this, Chad. And I wish we had more time to to figure all that out, but we're jumping around a lot of different areas because we want to give you guys kind of a, an overview of a lot of things that you're not hearing on a lot of uh, with by a lot of prophecy experts. Nice Love you shop. guys. God bless you.
0: God bless you guys.
1: You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.